Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure. Jason, coming up, we will talk about the Bears' meaningless season getting even more meaningless with the injury to Justin Fields and a loss on Sunday. All very uplifting stuff. That and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Jason Justin Fields has a busted right hand. It's not broken, but he needs an MRI on Monday to take a look at what ligaments might be messed up. He hurt his hand in the third quarter of the Bears' 19-13 loss to the Vikings at Soldier Field. This is not good for a team that was barely hanging on to relevance to begin with, right? It's not good unless you're ready or we're already prepared to burn it down and just go straight to the bottom for the second year in a row or as close to the bottom as you can get since, you know, Carolina might get there first. The big issue with Justin Fields, even though it's not a broken bone, so that is somewhat good news for him and the Bears, is that he, Matt Eberflew said he wanted to come back in the game, but he couldn't grip the ball. <laughs> and whatever is the injury causing that, whether it's some kind of sprain or ligament issue or his thumb, that is what you're going to hear about this week. That is going to be the ongoing drama this week at Hallis Hall is can Justin Fields grip the ball well enough to play? I highly doubt they're going to have an answer for you on that by Wednesday. But as they go into the Raiders game next week, I don't think the Bears want to burn it down. I'm going to ask you about this in a second, Pat. Where is the point where they would just let this season run away from them in the name of a draft pick? I don't think they're there. Even at 1-5, and five, maybe everything says that that's what's going to happen. That's what statistically, like there is no road from here to the playoffs. But I doubt that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are ready to think that way. When do you think it gets to that point for them? I think burning it down might get everybody fired. So I don't That's think, yeah, I don't think they'd want to do it so also. Never? Yeah, I mean, also, Jason, there are three full months of NFL football left. 12 weeks. Jaquan Brisker was saying today, hey, we got some things to work on. It's a long season. And I was like, is that a threat? Is that a threat? Yeah. It's a long season? Yeah. It's, I don't think we're there yet. Uh, you know, the questions I asked, and I laid them out today in my story, was this Fields injury opens itself up to, you know, a bunch of fairly important questions about the Bears' future. Number one, how long will it take him to return and be able to throw accurately and without pain? This is a guy whose accuracy has not traditionally been a strong suit, but... In the previous two weeks before Sunday, uh, he looked like a top 10 quarterback. This isn't like we're talking about Patrick Mahomes. Right. And we're like, hey, you know, his hand, he can't grip the ball great, so we're going to take, take him. We're going to mm-hmm. have him play even though he's playing at about 75%. Right. Justin Fields is not a guy that can afford to play at 75%, and anybody think that's going to go well. He's also a guy who runs the football, and if all it takes is a face mask hitting his, hitting his ball-carrying hand uh, to bring back the pain and cause some damage, that would be trouble. Uh, to me, number two, the question number two is, when he does return, where are the Bears? And are the Bears incentivized to throw him back out there? And, and for me, question three is, what happens if Tyson Bajan's okay? I, you know, I don't think we're in a position where Justin Fields can get Wally pipped or should get Wally pipped. Remember, at the end of the day, this is a first-round pick going up against an undrafted rookie. But, you know, if the Bears' offense is functional... You know, it would lead to the question of, well, is Justin the reason that they were struggling? And, and make no mistake, they struggled through the first half of this game, Jason. Justin Fields did not look good. The offensive scheme looked really bad. And, I mean, we were back in Kansas City, it felt like. That's the thing, Pat. Yeah. Fields looked bad. 
the offense looked bad, but also it looked familiar. Yep. It looked like a lot of what you've seen, not just this year, but the last couple of years. And for Justin Fields, the bar is so high for what he has to prove this year right. because of the fact that even if he plays okay, the Bears could end up with the number one pick from Carolina. They would have their choice of going with Caleb Williams, who is one of these once every few years type prospects. You never really know, but the guys that there seems to be consensus on, like him, Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, those type of guys, Justin Fields, because of the Bears having Carolina's pick, he has to be definitively convincing that he is a top 10 quarterback. Maybe even the bar might be higher than that. Mm -hmm. And you know what? When that's the scenario, the injury and missed time, that counts against him. Fair or unfair, this will count against him. Yeah, he has 11 games in 12 weeks uh, to try and prove it to him. And any time he misses is, is an opportunity missed. Uh, Ryan Poles was at Notre Dame on Saturday night to watch Caleb Williams, the star USC quarterback. All he did was saw the worst game Caleb Williams has ever played. But uh, he wasn't the only GM there. I believe Brandon Bean was there from the, from the Bills. I believe the Vikings GM was there, a couple others. So make no mistake, the Bears, you know, are well aware of what might be available for them at the end of the year. A Fields injury might get them there uh, a lot faster and with a lot better of a draft pick. But, uh, you know, I, it feels like an injury is making us contemplate their future without him already. And literally yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, Justin Fields uh, might have been leading a resurgent offense. Like, it's, it's amazing the, the, the momentum swings around here, and it's amazing how often that momentum goes down uh, at Hallis Hall. It's whiplash. Yep. I mean, you, everybody wanted to believe in Justin Fields and believe in the Bears after Fields had two very productive games and the Bears won one of those games. But that doesn't outweigh the total. That does not, like, slant the total body of work. The total body of work is that you've seen a lot of games that looked like where this one was headed for him, where Pat, in the first half, I mean, this this should sound like something you've heard before. In the first half, or a little more than a, than a half before he got hurt, Justin Fields was 6 for 10, 58 yards, a turnover, no touchdowns, and a 37 passer rating. And four sacks. He'd been sacked four that times. That sounds like something I've heard before. <laughs> they were also tied at halftime. Against a very oh, I'm very sorry, I'm team. sorry. They were tied until uh, a minute left in the in the think, yeah, 12 seconds 12, left. 12-6, I think it happened. 12-6, yeah, was, there was a late touchdown. While. You're right, it was close for a while. But the, it had not been going well. They were 3-for-9 on third down. When Fields got hurt, they had managed just two field goals, one of them from 53 yards, which is uh, a gift right. when your kicker can make that for you, especially in this stadium. There was not any kind of sign that this was headed to be a continuation of the trajectory that Justin Fields had hinted at with the Broncos and the Commanders game. And now he might miss time. Those games count against him because he needs to deliver a season mm -hmm. that is convincing. Whether he has to play through some pain, some injuries, some hindrance because of that hand, that's going to count against him. I, it just seems really, really difficult to imagine from here that Justin Fields is going to deliver that convincing case by the end of the season. We were almost in a position where he kind of kind of felt like he had to run the table, didn't it? I mean, maybe he not did feel that way. not win all these yeah. games, but just be above average every game the rest of the way, and, and he yeah. absolutely was not. I think I, you nailed I it right the Vikings, there. I mean, yeah. it was, he was teetering. It was already going to be kind of a long shot. Kind of like had to be just had to run the table, like you put it, in terms of his performances. 
and now this. I mean, this makes it, it just makes it probably impossible next week if he misses that game and difficult after that well, if he's got to play through pain. And, and I can hear people at home wondering whether that's fair to him, and it's probably not. But this is a general manager that did not surround him with good players last year, that took a small, you know, put, you know, maybe more than a toe but less than his full body into the deep end of the free agent pool this year. Uh, the Bears haven't surrounded him with a roster that's above maybe the bottom third of the NFL, the bottom quarter of the NFL, and they need to see him do what he can with what they've got. And that's that's uh, he didn't do it. He, you know, he didn't do it on on Sunday even before he got hurt, and, and then he got hurt, and that complicates everything. Yeah, and I think that um, you know while you say correctly that there has been limited personnel around him. I also think there has been enough here for him to show what he could do. Mm -hmm. And so far hasn't shown that. Uh, DJ Moore was the other big star of the the win. Right. You can say the win and people know what you're talking about because there was only one mm -hmm. against the Commanders. Uh, 230 yards on eight catches, three touchdowns. Today, uh, DJ Moore, five catches for 51 yards. Justin Fields had only targeted him twice in a little more than a half. Uh, Matt Eberflus after the game was right on that. And right. right when he was asked about that, said, uh, we, we, we need to look at that because mm -hmm. we should be getting the ball to DJ Moore. And then he tried to kind of spin it at the end of, hey, in the end, DJ got eight targets, which I still think is not enough. That should never be below 10. <laughs> but, uh, but that kind of, to me, in his previous comments, Matt Eberflus's previous comments before they really got DJ Moore going, it kind of hints to me that Luke Getze needs to be paying attention to what his head coach is saying in the press conferences. I think he needs to pay attention to what their rookie quarterback was saying in the press conference. Because to me, I mean, one of the most interesting things Tyson Bagent said today, and we'll talk about Tyson here in a minute, is, you know, he was asked about the interception at the end of the game, which was just a shot play. You know, it was supposed to be into the end zone. Uh, and he left it short and it got picked off and the Bears never got the ball back. But he essentially said, I had DJ Moore in man coverage, and he's one of the best receivers alive, and I figured I'd give him a shot. i got to give him a better shot. That's a really good attitude to have about DJ Moore. Sitting there going, he's great. Let, let, let's go that way. Yeah, take my chances with that. That's, and, you know, he was the one who targeted Moore when he did. Uh, I, I don't want to present this as – I, I don't want anybody to get confused with the fact uh, Tyson Bajan's young. Tyson Bajan, if he has to start against the Raiders – is probably going to have a pretty limited playbook. I don't think Tyson Bajan's going to uh, set the world on fire right away. Uh, but but I, I like the attitude. I, I like the moxie, to quote Andrew Trinoco. Good moxie there. It's not even a given, actually, that Tyson Bajan would start against the Raiders. <sighs> it's not a given. It's, it's not a given. I would say it's probable, but it's not, it's not automatic. And I would argue this. You know, Nathan Peterman is their third-string quarterback. He's the emergency quarterback, which per NFL rule means he can't play unless the other two guys get hurt during a game. I think the reason to have Peterman would be for an in-game substitution. Rather than throwing an undrafted rookie into that scenario. I think giving Bajant six days to get ready uh, plays to Bajant's strength. The fact that, P uh, that Peterman you know, has been cut and waived and signed, what, 12 times uh, in the last uh, week, it feels like, or two weeks, uh, I think he's still their third-string quarterback. Um, I suspect what happened there, Pat, was that they were thinking the way you were outlining at the beginning of the season. That's what they went into the season thinking, hey, if we're in a pinch and we need a quarterback during a game right. uh, on an emergency situation like that, we want Peterman because of his experience. 
and that and Bajent will just develop. But at a certain point, probably Bajent put those concerns to rest with them, and they felt more confident in it. I mean, he's been there; he's been on their roster, on the active roster for like two months or a month now since cut day. Yeah. Since cut day, and he beat out PJ Walker. And the reason you know they gave him the job instead of PJ Walker was they had to keep the respect of the locker room by keeping the guy who had been better. P.J. Walker, by the way, if you're curious, Jason, beat the 49ers today uh, as the Browns' Did he, backup quarterback. Did he beat the 49ers? He was on the field when the game when the, when the the 49ers were beaten. Let's put it that way. Pat, talking about their offensive struggles, I want to read you a quote from D.J. Moore. Let me um, – yeah. Here's what D.J. Moore says about the Vikings' defense today. All the different looks, all the pressures, and everything that was coming at us, it's hard when you go out there and you think they're going to do one thing and they do a whole multitude of things. A multitude? Matt Eberflus was also asked about problems picking up the blitz. Was it a problem with assignments, uh, matchups? Was it a scheme problem where they didn't adjust? Patrick, who's the Vikings defensive coordinator? Brian Flores. And he and who blitzes more than any man in the league? Brian Flores. And and how, how did you know that? Where have you heard that? Because that's what happens, and the Bears talked about it all week. All week? Yeah. All week, they told you this guy blitzes like crazy. He blitzes from everywhere. Then they show up, and somehow they're not prepared for that. That's startling. Brian Flores contains multitudes. I just like that. I'll say this. When the Bears run the football, it really keeps them out of, you know, it, it, it really helped them when they were running the football because it kept them out of obvious passing downs. It eliminated the threat of the blitz a lot of times. And, you know, I've been screaming about their need to run more for a couple weeks now. They were pretty good when they ran. You know, they had four minute, uh, 15 carries for 65 yards. I think Darrington Evans had nine for 30-something. They were 4.2 yards per carry as a team. That's fine. Pretty good. Yeah. That's fine. And that when you look at what they'd done the previous two weeks, this is right on it. I mean, the previous couple of weeks had been like 36 for 170, and this is, you know, 32 for 150-something uh, or 140-something. You know, they were... And they had an established running game, and a running game that was good enough, Jason, that when Tyson Bajent was in the game in the fourth quarter and uh, the Vikings would have loved for Tyson to try to throw the ball, the Bears were able to run when everybody in the building knew they were going to run. That's, that's a really good sign. Yeah. 4.5 4. yards per carry for the Bears, by the way. I'm having trouble reading the sheet. Very good. Are you excited to see Tyson Bajent, or would you rather – yeah, I mean, if the season doesn't matter, yeah. then sure. Yeah, I'm excited to see a lot of things, Pat. If the season doesn't matter, let's. I'd be excited. I think it'd be interesting if, uh, you know, Cole Komet played quarterback. But, That'd be exciting. But I, I'm not – it's funny. Uh, if Dar- the season doesn't matter, then mm. sure, anything's exciting. Yeah, Darrington Evans today talked about how the Bears would be confident with anybody at quarterback, including Lucas Patrick at quarterback. And I went, Lucas Patrick, for real? Okay. He said, yeah. Um, I'm not at the point now where I want to stop watching Justin Fields though and a bad half against the Eagles or against I'm sorry a bad half against the Vikings doesn't change my mind I still think that the most direct path to the Bears being relevant this year and in future years is probably Justin Fields getting hot and uh, you know without him on the field what are you what are we watching I mean what are you looking at that can be part of a good Bears team in two years DJ Moore Cole Komet uh, Jaquan Brisker. I mean, if Bajan lights it up, if Bajan is like, I don't know, Brock Purdy or something like that. Yeah. But Brock Purdy didn't exactly, I wouldn't say Brock Purdy lit it up when he came in last year. Brock Purdy's and good because he he's got into, good people around him. Brock Purdy walked into, which you've seen other 
quarterbacks do, and people are all over this on Brock Purdy now, right. he walked into a near-perfect or perfect situation. Yep. That isn't what this is going to be for Tyson Bajan. Yeah, and in fact, what the Bears need is the opposite of what the 49ers needed. 49ers needed somebody who could walk in and be part of the culture and get the ball to their stars. Uh, the Bears need somebody who can walk in, change the culture, and make stars out of their players. The Bears need somebody that can, like, beach ball tap a high snap <laughs> and wrangle it behind bad blocking and run for eight yards and a first down. Yeah, let's talk they about that. that. Let's so talk about that real Justin, quick. With Fields, the, here's the thing with Fields, like, and, why, and the effect of him being out, Pat. He has not been good. He's not having a good season. He would, didn't have a great season either of his first two years. But there is potential. He yep. has potential to do amazing things. You have seen that. You've seen him run better than any quarterback in the league, including Lamar Jackson. You've seen him break, uh, you know, a third and twelve and convert it on his with his feet. You've seen him run for a sixty-yard touchdown. You've seen all that stuff. That can happen. That's why they sat him out of the season finale last year against the Vikings when they needed to lose, right? Just in case, just in case Justin does something crazy because he can. He, I mean, you take that off the table now if he's out. Go ahead. You want to do Cody Whitehair? Yeah. Cody Whitehair uh, appears to have some sort of Steve Sachs-like inability to snap the ball straight. It is bad, man. Are you aware of the Steve, of the Steve Sachs story? Do you know this? It's, like, it's uh, throwing a first base from second base. From right? second base, yeah. yes. Um, Chuck uh, Knobloch had it. Hit Keith Olbermann's mom with one of his throws in the stands. Uh, anyway, uh, Cody Whitehair just couldn't snap the ball straight. A lot of high and right, a lot of high and left. Uh, at some point, it was disconcerting enough. I think when you've got a rookie quarterback or rookie quarterback out there, that the Bears actually benched him and brought in Lucas Patrick. Lucas Patrick, it seemed like they couldn't wait to replace Lucas Patrick uh, when everybody got back, you know, including Tevin Jenkins a week ago. So, what does this mean? Uh, the Bears kept Cody Whitehair this offseason. They could have very easily cut him. Cody knew that. Cody was appreciative that they kept him around and and, and are still paying that contract. But their rationale was that. Cody could play center. If Cody can't play center, what exactly can Cody do right now? I, I mean, yeah, I mean, he might end up at guard now because Nate Davis appears to have suffered a significant injury. Nate Davis, uh, Justin Fields got knocked into the back of his leg, and he exited on, on a cart right. with uh, an ankle injury. So maybe Tevin goes back to right guard, and Cody Whitehair plays left guard. Jatari Carter was playing today instead the, of Cody Whitehair. The Bears guard. love Jatiree Carter. Okay. He's a guy that they drafted in the seventh round. He's one of their projects. Cody Whitehair is not. Right. Tevin Jenkins is not. Like they And Lucas Patrick, while he is one of their acquisitions, is not a guy that they developed and not a guy they expect to have on the roster after this year. They love Jatiree Carter. Uh, if they're going to bet on his upside, then maybe him. But one way or another, Pat, one of the things that they sold you on this offseason, which may have been true, yeah. was that they had a better offensive line. You might now go the entire season without ever seeing that offensive line play together. I think maybe the most disappointing part about today was that the offensive line, the toughness that you saw against the commanders, against one of the best defensive lines in football, I just didn't see it today. Uh, and, you know, the run game when they had to have it, that was impressive at times. But it, it just, man, they just looked the way they'd looked at the start of the year. I mean, at the start of the year, they were so worried about their offensive line that they traded for Dan Feeney at the start of the season. Uh, last I checked, Dan Feeney, has he played? I don't think he's played. I, have, I don't yeah. think I've seen him out there once. Yeah, I mean, they were thin uh, with, you know, before they got him. It's just it, it's, it's a bad scene here. Uh, Bears defense real quick before we go. 
Uh, I think it's worth mentioning. He gave up 220 yards. That's by far the best number they've given up all year. Uh, they uh, had the Vikings go two for 13 for or on third downs. I think as of the end of the early games today, that was the 11th best percentage any team had had all year. So pretty okay showing uh, for Matt Eberflus now that he's got uh, some of his defensive backfield guys back. Vikings were missing their absolute best player, yep. the guy that could change everything for their offense, mm-hmm. and usually does, Yep, Justin Jefferson. Uh, Eddie Jackson uh, left the game as well. Uh, foot injury sounded like the same thing that he had been out with. Uh, Matt Eberflus said he could have come back in a pinch uh, if they were really stuck, but he didn't. Uh, is this a case of them racing him back a little too soon, maybe? Or maybe Eddie felt more confident than he actually was. But, yeah, it sounds like it was just kind of a re-aggravation or a stress on the existing injury to me. That's what it sounded like. I'll leave you with this, Jason. Um, if the Bears really do have uh, Tyson Bagent going next week, they could go up against another backup quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo went to the hospital with a back problem during the Raiders' afternoon game. Obviously, that'll be something to monitor all week. But you've got Aiden O'Connell, uh, the local kid uh, by way of Purdue, who's a rookie. Uh, or you've got Brian Hoyer, the former Bear. Uh, you ready for an Aiden O'Connell, Tyson Bajan NFL football game, Jason? I am interested to see what Bajan does. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of these. I have not ever at any point been one of these guys that like they've got a hidden star with Bajan. No. But I am. I mean, if, if Fields can't play, yeah, okay. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. I'm I- interested to see what happens. But this is kind of like a little bit of flawed thinking on their part, Pat, because they wanted to be good this year. Yep. They expected to be good, and they got P.J. Walker, who hasn't ever been good. Didn't work out. And that didn't work out. They cut him at the deadline, and they have no – there is no – let's just say instead of being 1-5, and five, the Bears were 4-2. and two. And, they, and these games would really matter coming up. Right. But you sure love to have Teddy Bridgewater – Andy Dalton, even Nick Foles, somebody. I'm, o- I'm some, over Nick Foles. Nobody in the a, league a wants Nick Foles. Foles type. Okay, there we go. That's just better. some guy that's played a lot that you feel like, like you did with Chase Daniel, I think. Mm-hmm. A guy that could, he could go in there and go two and two in a four game stretch if the rest of the team is pretty good. Yeah, that's what Chase Daniel did uh, on the Bears' uh, 2018 team. If I remember, he went one and one uh, in a five day stretch, uh, kind of kept him afloat. Yeah, yeah. There's a wide, wide range of outcomes with Tyson Bajan. With some of those guys that you've seen, if Andy Dalton was the backup quarterback here, for example, you'd have a pretty narrow idea of what to expect. It's not going to be great, mm-hmm. but he's probably also not going to be a disaster. Tyson Bajan could be anything. Sure. He could be a disaster. He could be really good. He could be total implosion. He looked comfortable in the preseason. And I, I think the best thing that we all could say about him was that it didn't seem too big for him in the preseason. In the regular season, he got strip sack, fumble, returned for a touchdown on his third pl- on his third play as a pro. Later, ran in a touchdown himself, uh, and then threw a pick uh, when the Bears were marching down the field. Probably an ill-advised shot play uh, that we talked about earlier. That is a pretty wild roller coaster. <laughs> and imagine having instead of a quarter and a half of that, uh, four quarters of that. Uh, at the very least, it'd be entertaining, right? I'm interested to see it. If that's what's going to be on TV next week, I'll watch it. I mean, you're going to be here. I know, but if that's what the show is, I'll watch it. Uh, last couple of years, Jason, the shows haven't always been very good. Uh, we will uh, be back to chronicle whatever is going on with Justin Fields' uh, right hand, wrist, uh, thumb 
uh, as the week goes on. Until then, you can follow Mark Potash and Jason Leisure and I on social media. You can check out the Sun-Times website and the app. And if you live in town, please buy a paper. He's Jason. I'm Pat. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.